when she did the belly flop, did you do anything to encourage her to keep her moving? Yeah, so she likes the teaser wand. So I've been playing with the teaser wand. So just trying to get her around, like forgetting about, you know, what she has on the weird thing that she has on. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts. Learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Welcome to the Cat Explorer Podcast. I'm Asara. And I'm Daniel. Today's episode's a little different to our normal episodes, as we're doing a cat exploring coaching call. But before we jump in, we would love to say a big thank you to the amazing Cat Explorer producers for Season 8 who have made this episode possible. Particularly our co-producers, Millie and Kelvin, Barbara and Maverick, Ziggy and Charlie, Mac, Luna Misty Blue, Adami and Roxy the Kitty. Thank you so much. If you would like to support Cat Explorer, you can join the Cat Explorer Press Squad or the Cat Explorer Producers. There's a link for that in your short notes which you can get to by clicking the episode description on your podcasting app. Today's review is from the lovely Crazy Cat Extremes. Cat lovers must listen. Not only is it super fun and informative, it brings a sense of community to anyone across the globe who might have otherwise thought they were alone. Thank you so much for that lovely review, Crazy Cat Extreme. And I completely agree. That's all we really want to do with Cat Explorer is to highlight that we're all in this together, no matter where we are around the globe. If you love the Cat Explorer podcast, we would love it if you could leave a review for us wherever you listen. There's instructions on how you can do that in the episode description on your podcasting app. Thank you. Over the last few months, I've noticed a phenomenon. Many of us who've been cat exploring for a while have a tendency to look back on those early days with rose-coloured glasses. And if you're like me, you may have forgotten about the challenges, the worries, the scares and more. And it makes sense because we're often focused on the now and the future. The next type of cat exploring we want to try with our cat. The next challenge or the challenges we have now. But I realised that this isn't super useful to hear for new cat explorers. So today we're experimenting with a new type of cat explorer podcast episode. We're doing somewhat of a coaching call. Meep is a relatively new cat explorer who loves cat exploring near her apartment block with her mum Eunice. Today we're hearing all about Meep, but also sharing ideas on the challenges new cat explorers may have. Welcome to the podcast, Eunice. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So tell us about Meep. How did she come into your life? Uh, So I had cats all my life. They were adopted from um, shelters and independent fosters. Um, I had about seven or eight and I moved to Melbourne Australia five years ago and I always wanted a cat but I was doing medical fostering because I couldn't really afford having one Uh, and so I got together with my partner and we decided that we both wanted to have a cat together and so we looked at uh, we looked online we saw a Cheeto cat and we decided to get meat because um she was just so cute and such a cheeky ball of fur so uh, yeah we we decided to have her so what is a cheeto cat yeah so a cheeto cat is basically a mix between a bengal cat and an aussie cat so crossbreed and and cheeto cat comes up it's pretty new it's about 20 years old i think um yeah and it was from the u.s and then it came to australia as in meat was from the U.S. and it came. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, so as in the breed. breed. Yeah, sorry, I did. 
didn't specify yeah. that uh, the breed came from America into Australia and now it's in Australia. And so they have a few people that have Cheeto cats <laughs> and that's how I got me. So this thought just occurred to me. I'm not sure if this food is all around the world, but in Australia we have Cheetos, which are uh, oh, yeah. uh, which are like um, salty, savory rings, like um, as a the snack. snack ones, yeah. like a, it's a chip snack. And it looks like a Cheeto cat. On and the... the mascot is a like what you would maybe think is a Cheeto cat. So there could be something there. Yeah, it might be a message. Oh, no, I've never thought of, of that. And it's orange in color, and the packaging is light blue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so interesting. That could be, that could be, yeah, related. Mind blown. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, what kind of cat exploring do you do with Meep? Uh, so we do a lot. Like currently, she is very comfortable on a harness and leash. Um, she doesn't like to be told what to do, though. So she just usually does her own thing, uh, mostly on the balcony, the hallway. I try to take her down a lot to the foyer, out into the um, open. But she is quite scared of the lifts, so we try the stairs. Yeah, and so that's that's most um, of the cat exploring that we currently do. We don't really take her out on walks at the moment, uh, just because it was summer before and it was too hot, and I was away for a bit, and now it's winter, so it's too cold. So we're trying this summer. This summer might be the time where we actually take her out to the to the open, to the outdoors. Interesting thing you say about the lifts, because Lumos and Oxy also get scared by the lifts, like. Yeah. Like they why. hear the ding, so they hear the ding of the lift, and they start sprinting back into the apartment. They go, "The lift, no, the lift." Um, <laughs> at the same time, I've had Noxie attempt to get into the lift one or two times. So, yeah, it's just interesting how cats react to certain things. Like they're curious, but they're just not comfortable enough to go in there yet. I think what happened with Lumos and Noxie is we. Um, when we don't have enough time to take them cat exploring, we sometimes let them, like, supervise, let them walk up and down our hallway. And I think what happened was once our – when we do let them walk up and down the hallway, our door to our apartment is always open so they can run back in. And once the lift – like, I'd close, I'd close the door because I had to run after them, and then the lift opened and then there was someone there. And I think now they associate the lift with – strangers just appearing when they least expect it so the noise kind of freaks them out a little bit yeah so that's actually a good point in that i'm not sure if it's the case for all cats and it will depend on your personality of a cat but for our two for example when we do those type of activities we need to keep our apartment door open so that they have what we term the safe space available so when you go out for example and you go cat exploring and you go walking on a leash or hiking or whatever, usually you take a backpack or a stroller so that they have their safe space that in case they find danger or they're scared or don't feel comfortable, they can jump into there. And with our two, when we go into the apartment hallway, what we need to do is keep the door open to the our apartment so that they, – because they will continually look back to make sure that it's okay, that it's open, yeah. that they have somewhere to run to if something does happen or if the lift starts moving and the sounds – they can hear the sounds. So – it's important to keep that in mind that if you do those sort of activities and your cat doesn't quite take to it, try to make sure there's a safe space. It doesn't have to be the apartment door open. It's just because the way we normally do it, 
it's easy for the apartment door to be open. But like if you, I said, if you have the backpack or something similar available, that can also work just as well. Mm. So how did you end up harness training me? Um, so when we got her back at about 12 weeks, um, I sort of immediately start getting her used to the harness. Um, so she just wore it. The first time she wore it, obviously, she you know did that belly flop, um, did that little struggling bit. Um, so, yeah, just getting her used around the house, wearing it for a couple hours a day, taking it out um, so that she can, you know, lick herself, clean herself and everything. And a few weeks in, she was really just playing with it. Um, so then I started attaching the leash on it and she, you know, also did the belly flop the first few times, but then she started walking. So but she doesn't really like to be told what to do. So just a little nudge will do. So then she'll like come along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was quite easy for her. That's awesome. So like you did, when she did the belly flop, did you do anything to encourage her to keep her moving? Yeah, so she likes the teaser wand. So I've been playing with the teaser wand. So just trying to get her around, like forgetting about, you know, what she has on the weird thing that she has on. Yeah, I think that's a great way to, especially if you've got a toy motivated cat to like yeah. get them moving. Because I think, um, I think everyone who's a cat explorer has heard it when you're out and about someone's like, I try to put a harness on my cat and it did the flop. And I keep trying to remind everyone, imagine we never wore clothes and someone just suddenly put this thing on us. Like we'd flop, we wouldn't know how to move. So we just need to show our cats that they can keep moving as well. And I think um, because Meep is toy um, motivated, it's great that you use that positive reinforcement with the toys and the harness, which because I think the whole point of harness training is that we need to remember to be positive, re- using positive reinforcement, yeah. which I'll admit I didn't realize with Lumos and Noxie. So like I just put the harness on them and I think in hindsight, I would have made sure that I'd used tr- treats and toys and clicker training and just done it in short bursts. So yeah. like, I think I remember the second time we put the harness on them, I think they wore it all day because we were at home and I just left it on. I didn't really know any better, but now, in hindsight, I would have done it in shorter bursts and then slowly increase those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having said that, there are some cats who just take to it straight away, which, you know, each cat's got their own experiences and how well they take to the harness. So at the, at the end of the day, you've got to tailor it to your cat and their personality and how they react. So mm-hmm. those are some general tips. But sometimes yeah, they just they love it straight away. Some cats don't find it any different and they just go for it straight away. Mm-hmm. But... I think what you said is great general tips and great way to get started in that you started at home, use the positive reinforcement, you know, short bursts, try to break yeah. it down if you can. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to do, like I said, do the whole day of wearing a harness. You can start by just showing them the harness, getting them to smell it, sniff it, get familiar with it, yeah. then put it on them, you know, just maybe put one part of them and then just keep using treats all along every single step just keep treating treating them treating them because what we want to try and do is just create that positive environment that this is associated with something good that they'll you know be comfortable with and yeah just find what motivates them whether it's toys what's whether it's food yeah use that as part of that um, experience for them yeah so how did you start introducing meep to cat exploring um I think we 
so when she first got home, she was not really used to it because she was tiny and everything around her was so big. Um, so we just started opening the balcony door um, just for her to get some fresh air because it was winter then as well, super cold, but she just needed some fresh air outside of the room. So we just opened that. Um, she got used to it. I think in about two weeks time, she was just running on the balcony floor. Um, so I think that was when we started. And then I opened the hallway door um, for her to go out and you know do a bit more sniffing around. Um, getting used to people's scents and smells and everything uh, and yeah I think that's how we got her started we realized that she really wanted to go out so she was waiting at the door um, you know just waiting for us to open the door and so that's when I thought maybe she is a curious enough cat to you know go out um, sometime someday and so yeah that's that's how we started with her. So those are some good signs there where they show curiosity that they want to sort of you know, go outside, they want to be doing more than just sitting on the couch all day. And I think you saw those in Meep. A point I wanted to make, which I forgot to make before, was regarding how we're talking about going out into your hallway, just make sure that you comply with all your local strata requirements and what your building code requirements are. So, you know, they differ from building to building, from area to area, and sometimes you're not allowed, and Mm -hmm. sometimes you are. So just be aware and mindful of that as well. Yeah. Now, You've obviously ventured further than um, exploring your local outside and your hallways. So sometimes when you do go out a bit further, you do see dogs or strangers. How does Meep react to that? Uh, Meep is okay with people. Um, Children, she's okay with as well. She is very interested in cats and dogs, but she wouldn't exactly go for it to them because she's not in her comfort space so usually when she's outside she's a bit more um uptight but when she's at home she's okay with with almost everyone so yeah she she usually acts um like she just freezes like stands there especially with birds as well she like looks at the bird she loves birds a lot so she just stands there but she's okay usually so it is pretty normal for cats to feel scared when they make Dogs or strangers, I mean, dogs, for whether, you know, for whether Hollywood and society is right or wrong, it's supposed to be their mortal enemy. Mm. And, and so with strangers, like, it's just people that aren't used to. So it's pretty normal. And they may pancake, which is when they sort of get really low to the ground and they sort of sort of try and make look make it look like they can't be seen. And they do, yeah. they do that as well when they're hiding bushes, like something Lumos and Noxie love to do when... They see strangers walk past when they're exploring. They they go next to a bush and try to hide down <laughs> low next to the bush, and they're not really hidden, but they they're think they're white, hidden. so they stand out. <laughs> but do they like jump out and ambush them? No, no, <laughs> they they're more so they're pretty timid in that respect. In that they'll hide, and their definition of hiding is to get really low down next to a bush, yeah. but they're not really hidden. You can see them. But that's what they think they are. So other one, you know, other things cats do, they climb a tree and all of these, you know, or they climb into the backpacks or stroller. And mm. you know. So not all of these are ideal. Like the backpack and stroller is the, the solution you wanna happen because then you can control that situation, whereas the others are a little you know, less able to be controlled and things can go wrong. Mm. So then the main thing is to, to make sure that things don't go wrong, that they, you know, try and get away from you or end up in a situation where you can't control and manage where they're up in a tree and you're trying to get them down from a tree. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think also if your cat runs away, so like, for example, like I know for the reason we first started backpack and stroller training is because I was worried they'd bolt onto the road or something like that. So I think the main aim is to avoid those kind of situations. Yeah. So you want to, so before you get too far down the cat exploring road, yeah, you want to have mastered, and I say mastered with quotation marks because mastering is a tough, but you want to be able to have them recognize that your backpack or your stroller is a safe spot so that they know they can run back to that place in the event of emergency, in the event they feel scared and uncomfortable. And this is what I was saying before with the apartment door being open. It gives them that bit of comfort when they go exploring. So that's what you want to happen in that they go back to that safe spot when they feel scared. And so that skill needs to be developed to an extent before you go too far down the cat exploring road because otherwise you you may lose control of that situation to make it. They may get um, away from you and you end up in a situation you can't manage. So to start with, we'd say, you know, you start with a very, very small boundary, like like what you'd started in the beginning with your hallway, that sort of thing. Like, you know, just let them out into an area which is relatively quiet. It's relatively safe. Like, so there's not a lot of places they can go. But start getting them exposed to those different um, stimulus, like people or animals, and then have that backpack on hand. So have them comfortable with the backpack and using it or the stroller or whatever it is and have them on ha- on hand ready for them to get back into if they ever needed to. And look, if they do freak out, if it doesn't go quite right according to plan, like that's okay. Look, that, that will happen. It most likely will happen to people. Like it's not going to go perfect every time, all the time. So you've got to be prepared for that. You've got to be ready to recognize that that will happen and just take a step back there's nothing wrong with it that's part of the journey of learning like we as humans will encounter those situations like you know it's not always a linear upward trajectory the trajectory of life goes up and down up and down sideways backwards forwards like in all directions but the main thing is to keep chipping at it keep working at it and as long as you can recognize that there is an overall upward trajectory then that's the main thing and i think um one thing that I love about what you do is you go cat exploring in your balcony and on your in on your hallways and in front of your building and things like that. And I think we get so pulled into the world of social media where people are on stand-up paddle boards or they're on top of a mountain or they're in a brewery. And it's so easy to compare ourselves to that. But sometimes our cat's favourite place is the hallway or is the balcony or is the – like in our case – our cats love our courtyard and um and that's when you take them out there you're enriching their lives anyway as well so that's i think that's a perfect way to go cat exploring and if that's all someone does i think that's perfectly fine and i think you're you're enriching your cat's life and to be honest sometimes for example we're recording this in july august 2020 we're all in lockdown that is all you can do really (laughs) But that's yeah. perfectly fine because you're enriching their lives. Like we say those are great places to start, but they're also great places to continue cat exploring in whatever, you know, whatever phase of cat exploring that your cat is in. And they're great places you know, generally. So it doesn't have to be, like sorry, I said, on top of a mountain or whatever. Like some people, that's all they ever do, or some cats, that's all they ever do. That's what they're happy with. It's 
it's finding that happy spot because our cats love this little laneway near our apartment. And, you know, that's all we can do at the moment with lockdown. There's not a lot of places we can go. And to be perfectly fair and honest, like, they're just, that's that's, that's almost enough for them. Like, that's, they're happy that, you know, they can go to those places and, and do what they love to do. And so I think people just need to, again, tailor, tailor the experience to their cat and their personality and abilities of the cat. Because if that's all they are after, then that's all, that's perfectly fine. If they love the mountains, that's also great. They love the breweries. That's great. But it's every cat is different and we can't compare and we can't, you know, say that our cat has to do something just because it's, that's what other people on social media do. It's, it's about tailoring that experience and making it for the enjoyment of the cat. Our understanding is that you live in an urban area. So how did you find places for me to go cat exploring? And especially in those first few days where, you know, you're just getting started. Yeah, um, we really didn't think too much about, you know, the, the cat parks or the dog parks or the outdoors. We just really wanted her to get used to the surroundings. So like the apartment, um, outside of the apartment, um, just letting her get used to the smells, especially the sights as well. Um, I think mostly she just wants to go bird watching and she likes to be really close with the birds. Uh, and we have a lot of birds around our areas. So I think, yeah, like choosing just um, our area was, I think, maybe the perfect spot to start cat exploring with her. Um, and so, yeah, we decided on that. I think that's awesome. And one of the biggest things that I've learned is if you live in an urban area, it's those places that as humans we'd probably ignore that are amazing for our cats. So, for example, a lot of apartment blocks have um, their little, those little tiny gardens that are in between the apartment blocks and that's a great place for a cat to go cat exploring because there's so many things to smell and stuff like that so I think it's just finding those places it's not necessarily going to a dog park I don't recommend you take your cat to a dog park because (laughs) there'll be dogs around but um, you don't necessarily have to take them out there there's places that are closer to you that are probably more convenient to you as well that are around that you can go as well and You've mentioned to us previously that Meep has her good and bad days at cat exploring. Do you mind sharing what a good day's been like and what a bad day's been like? Yeah, so a good day is um, when we get her out of the house in 10 minutes. So she likes to just run around and, uh, you know, jump up um, on on our shoe rack and just sniff about. So in 10 minutes time, if we get her out of the house, that's a good day. Uh, so then she'll start doing her thing, watching the birds outside, um, having a good sniff at all the cars and the cars that are stationary, of course, like we have a parking lot outside. Um, on bad days, she will be doing her zoomies um, around the hallway, doesn't want to go out, gets freaked out by the lift uh, gets freaked out by the strangers coming in and out, which I don't blame her for. Um, but then we just end up doing the foyer and the balcony and the hallways anyway. So I think it's still sort of like an exploration day. So Yeah, and I think the, the point that I'd like to make here is that it shouldn't be forced. So the cat should want to do it. And sometimes they're just not in the mood. Sometimes you know they feel lazy and not really up getting out and about. And that's fine. Like it's like us as humans, like it's not every day we want to really get out of the house and really go after the things in the world and really do something, you know, adventurous. But sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. 
And like the same sort of experiences happen with our two cats, Lumos and Oxy, where sometimes you want to take them for a stroll around into that laneway. And there was one day where neither of them were too keen because they were really, really happy sitting in the sun, right. you know, getting all that sunshine and looking at birds and just really chilling. So, and that's fine, you know. And then other days they're really raring to go. They're, you know, asking for it. They're, they've gone and tried to pull out the harness. So that's a good sign that, yep, they're really up for it. So that's just something to keep in mind that you want to tailor the experience to your cat and make sure that they're comfortable and ready to go. And I think some, you mentioned something interesting, like in a bad day, there's been a few things that have happened. So, for example, um, she's, Meeps had the zoomies and then you've seen a stranger in the um, lift or something like that. And um, in some previous episodes where we spoke to like Jackson Galaxy or Dr. Michael Delgado, we spoke about a concept called trigger stacking. And I have to admit, trigger stacking has just blown my mind because it suddenly explains a lot of challenges that we have where the concept that they meant, what I mentioned was that it's little things happen and then slowly they amount to something bigger. So, for example, I think Dr. Michael mentioned that, um, for example, we've woken up late, we haven't had our coffee yet, we're running late to work, we've got a meeting coming up and then someone cuts, off, cuts us off in traffic. When all those things happen, we're going to be mad at that person that cut us off in traffic but on a normal day, we'd probably just let it fly. So um, our cats have those similar challenges as well. So we've had days where, and in hindsight, I realised we shouldn't have taken this approach, where Noxie was lying in the sun in our apartment and she was really enjoying it. She didn't really want to go anywhere, but we were like, we are going on this walk. You are coming with us. We kind of forced her to go with us. She saw a dog. Then maybe she smelled something that she didn't like and then those all those triggers just stacked up and it just ended up becoming a bad experience and um in hindsight what we should have done is probably just let her let her stay in the sun <laughs> and then just adapted our cat exploring to that and i really like how you said that you just adapt to whatever meat feels like doing that day and not pushing it too much i think that was a a great um great idea so Another challenge you've also mentioned to us is coming home from cat exploring. What normally happens when you try and bring meat home? So a lot of times, because she really likes the outdoors when she's outside, um, she usually doesn't want to get home. So um, I a lot of times forget her teaser one, which is her favorite toy ever. I often forget that. And so sometimes she just rolls on the floor or she just, like standstills when I tuck her uh, so then I try to carry her which is never a good idea I think for her because she doesn't like to be controlled especially outside when she's not comfortable um, so then she would just like stand on my shoulder and she like freezes um, so what I would do is I would take a blanket mostly because that's what I remember most of the time I take a blanket and I will just um scoop her up and bring her back in because um, when she's in a blanket I think she feels a bit warmer so that's what I mostly do but I have been remembering my teaser one now so I use that she will never come in um, with food or treats because she's not that food motivated I feel she's more time motivated so that's a great point there and um, something that we can relate to because I'm sure most of <laughs> Our listeners have seen our Instagram stories of Noxie and not wanting to come back home. Yeah. Um, so, 
yeah, some of the tips that we've come across and they work to various degrees of success with Noxie, but it depends. It does come down to what your cat is motivated by, but the idea is to create a stronger, um, I guess, a stronger reaction, a stronger um, inkling for them to leave that place and follow the new distraction, new toy. So, so whether it's using the toy, because then, you know, if they like playing that toy, that they'd rather play with the toy than stay out there. And then that, that's what, how you get them to come back in or come back into the, jump into the backpack to take them home. If it's food, so they, they love the food so much that they're ready to leave and jump back into the backpack. So just using those bits of um, treats and toys to motivate them to leave that place and come back to the backpack or the stroller and then to leave the area. It's also about finishing it off. So once you get back home, creating a good routine, like, again, positively reinforcing and rewarding them for coming back home and having that experience. But, yeah, I can say that we still struggle a little bit with it. It's not always that straightforward. Yeah. I mean, Noxie is food motivated and she likes toys, but she still also loves to be outside <laughs> as well, which is the tough part. How long does it usually take um, Lumens and Noxie to go cat exploring usually? <laughs> well, like at the moment, because we are in COVID, we just um, walk in our laneway and that's usually like a 30-minute walk um, yeah. sometimes to come home. Noxie's now kind of, she does this annoyed meow and she understands that it's home time. But we have had situations where we've been hiking and she just does not want to come home. Because of, like She loves the hiking trails and we don't get to go out there enough. Right. So she gets pretty upset about that. She also, um, going in the car has been a challenge for us in that, not that they hate it, but trying to find the right setup for us. So we currently have a carrier that takes up most of our back seat that we've put in that they share. And um, we've come to realize that Lumos and Nox, Lumos loves cuddling Noxie. Noxie not, doesn't quite like cuddling Lumos. So Lumos will go in the carrier straight away, but Noxie will not. So we've just ordered some, I think they're called the Gen 7 um, carriers and they're crash tested. So we've ordered two of those and we're hoping that that will make that whole process a lot easier in the future because um, Noxie would refuse to go into this big carrier. We've, we once spent an hour, actually we were driving from Sydney to Melbourne. We were in the middle of nowhere and we spent an hour trying to get Noxie back into the carrier yeah. because we were trying to... Um, We'd learned about fear-free holding t- methods, so we didn't want to force her in, but then it also just took a really long time to get her in. Like, yeah. it was not a good day. <laughs> but um, it does take some time. Another thing that I did want to mention is I really like how you use the blanket method because we've recently spoken to Tabitha Casera, who's a cat behaviorist, and um, she talks about fear-free, which is a method of, like, there's, a, lot, a method of um, treating our cats at veterinarians, but she also talked about fear-free holding methods. And one thing that really surprised me was she shared about the impact of scruffing our cats. Yeah. So in the past, every time Noxie was being her feisty self, I would scruff her when we're outside because I felt comfortable holding her that way. But she highlighted that when we scruff our cats, it actually puts them in a fear of flight. Um, position so they start freaking out and that actually makes it even more traumatic for them so I think in hindsight I realized scruffing Noxie was probably adding like adding another trigger to that stacking that I was talking about before so um, we've been 
trying really hard since to learn how to do those fear-free holding methods while we're outside, while trying not to stress out. And I, I yeah. think another huge thing for me is I need to stay calm. I struggle with that still. Like if I know that I need to get home in 15 minutes and she's just not dealing <laughs> and not listening. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and I get anxious and then she gets anxious and then, yeah, it's just this. You have a Mexican standoff. Yeah. <laughs> Which all our neighbours can hear because then she starts meowing. Yeah. <laughs> and then the like situation just gets out of hand. Yeah, so it's important to control that situation and keep calm. And again, I keep saying this, just tailor it to the cat and what they like and how they will react because, mm-hmm. you know, there's things there that they will work with and that will work for them. Like your one toy is a great example of how you bring them home because that's what – Meep is um, motivated by and loves more than staying outside. So now we talked about being on your balcony and spending time there cat exploring because, you know, that's immediately accessible. Can you talk to us through what kind of setup you have on your balcony? Like what does it look like? You know, have you got anything there special, particularly for Meep to go cat exploring? Yeah. Um, so the balcony is quite high um not high in a sense but high for you know like dogs can't jump on it but cats can and it's quite wide as well we have about I don't know how long is it but we have half grass and half towels um so she likes the grass bit obviously to like just roll around um and she likes to watch the birds outside so um we we set up like a flower bed, but it's an empty flower bed but like overturned so she can just jump on it and look at the window um on the balcony, just at the birds or, or whatever. She's looking at the cars, the people. Um, so yeah, that that's the kind of setup we have for her. We have two pots of cat grass outside as well. Um, so she likes to munch on it every morning before breakfast. Um, so she, she goes out there, watches the birds, um, eats her cat grass, smells the basil leaves and the bay leaves and the plants outside, and she comes back in. So that's um, usually her morning routine, and that's the setup we have. Um, we don't really have, like, a lot of sharp stuff or a lot of, like, poisonous plants and stuff. We try to keep that out of the way. Um, so, yeah, it, it's quite it's quite safe at the moment. So she's she's enjoying it. That's so awesome. And that um, the grass that you mentioned, is that um, fake grass or is that um, proper, um, a pro- proper yeah. get real grass? <laughs> What's the right word, term? <laughs> no, um, it, it's actually fake. It's the um, the one we got from Bunnings. Uh, so Bunnings is this warehouse homeware. Home improvement. Place. Yeah, home improvement place. Um, so, yeah, we, we got that from Bunnings. Um, it feels like real grass. So when, when we step on it, it feels like real grass. So maybe that's why she thinks it's quite comfortable there. So we, we can't really have like real grass on the balconies here because I live on the second floor. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's a great alternative, I think. Um, because like you've mentioned, if particularly if you're renting or something like that, you can't really change up your um, balcony or your courtyard or anything like that. I think... Um, and I love that you've got cat grass as well. I think one thing that's been great that I've been really learning about is that like so many in so many places of the world, they have these things called cat grass subscriptions. So like if you're like me and you don't have a green thumb, you can just keep getting these subscriptions of your cat grass coming in every month or every couple of months. Yeah. And um, we've also recently got something that we found actually a Melbourne company called the cat park. And that it's literally yeah. like a, 
palette and it's got a like of, yeah. yeah it's got like grass yeah. and it's got like cat mint it's got catnip and it's got cat grass and the cats just love it and it's um they just love going out there and having a sniff and stuff and I I've seen similar organizations around the world that people can use as well and I've seen some people do some great stuff with their balconies where they've put up um suppose pet screens so for example here in Australia you can go to Bunnings I'm pretty sure um other home improvement stores around the world also have them where it's just like a fly screen but it's pet grade so your cat can't actually rip through it which is the problem with most fly screens and they put it up so they get it from their floor to their ceiling of their balcony so your cat can't actually jump over the edge and I think those are amazing as well and I've seen people put up um like they've got dead trees that they've seen in their gardens or like while they're walking around and then they've created a cat tree out of that and put that up on their balcony and obviously you can purchase a cat tree and put it in your balcony as well set up some beds I love your idea about putting the pots as well like that's a great idea I think um in a previous episode we spoke to Leon who um Leon the adventure cat and he's um Megan had actually put in a sink in the catio so that he could just sleep in the sink in summer and he really enjoys that so mm-hmm. it's just how how creative you are and how much change you can make based on your rental or um purchasing um contracts as well in where you're living as well but there's so many different things that people can do in their balconies that like even sometimes I think we could do better in our courtyard we're pretty plain we just have that cat park out there and the kitties still love it (laughs) they they go out there on the courtyard every day as well as the laneways uh some days so some days they go courtyard some days they go laneway depends on what they want yeah, what they want, what we're up to as well, and at the moment with the lockdown, it's those are our two main options. So, and sometimes, actually, because I'm working from home a lot now during the lockdown, I work outside in the courtyard, and then I let them um, outside as well at the same time, and they just, you know, stay outside. They, yeah, they they sort of go between inside outside when I'm out there, and I think the other point that I don't want to make about the courtyard or the balconies that just changing it up once in a while also then interests them completely because it's a completely different setup and they go, oh, this looks new, this is different. And they start sniffing different things. So just, you know, rearranging furniture, rearranging things, just it just helps them to be stimulated and continue their curiosity. And another thing that, like, I think – is a learning for us in the last few months is we're really lucky. We know our neighbours from either side of us because a lot of the time when you're in an apartment block, you don't really know your neighbours. Um, our neighbours on one side actually got some pet birds, so they're in a cage. And Lumos and Noxie, we purposely, like she offered to let us show them the birds, but I decided that it might be a better idea not to because then they might try and go get their birds. But... Um, I think if you are letting your cat out and a, a little bit on your balcony or your courtyard or something like that, it might be great to just get to know the neighbours in case they decide to jump over because our cats can jump. And yeah. that way, if anything happens, you can just be like, my cat's in your yard. Can you help me, please? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's um ever since they got the birds, we've realised that Lumos and Oxy are very interested in their yeah. courtyard as well. <laughs> so speaking of birds, 
We understand you've got a pretty entertaining story about a cockatoo and meep. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. Um, so I think it was around Lunar New Year. So that was in January, I think late January this year. Uh, we were all just out on the balcony um, having a chill. Um, it was, I think it was a nice day, like about 25 degrees. Um, Meep was outside also. Um, and she was on the flower pot, the um, turnover flower pot. And she was there. And we heard a cockatoo. I think it was just around the corner because I think there was a cockatoo family living around the corner and it came around and it had this sound like Wah! and it like sat on our ledge and me being me she crouched um pancake style I think that's what yeah pancake style and she crouched and she was like oh my god there is a bird like right in front of me I need to go get it but I don't know it's quite big never seen it before so she was just there um but the cockatoo was quite kind of like a bully so it kept coming closer to us and um me just thankfully she did not move because um if she moved it might be like a bloodbath or, or something because she might you know want to catch it and her claws might get into the bird so I just got her right inside the house immediately I was shocked I was like this is not going to happen today. We've got to bring her in. Um, she's scared. Bert might be a bit of a bully. So we just left it at that. But um, that was really quite an interesting morning for, for the family because my, my parents was also here. And they were like, oh, my gosh, they're freaking out. So that was very interesting. That's quite funny. So that's interesting that, that I suppose it's because the cockatoo was so big that meat was just like, I don't know what to do with it because – like cats have this hunting instinct that they that means that they um, want to chase after these animals. Do you let meat get close to animals while you're out and about? Um, I do, but not without her on a harness or a leash. Um, if she's on a balcony, it's okay, um, but not when she's outside because you don't know how people are with um, you know having animals around them or. If, you know, the animals decide to react differently when they see someone else in a different situation. So I usually know. Yeah, I think um, another thing to bear in mind, especially here in Australia, is that cats uh, have a reputation and they're known for hunting a lot of the native animals and fauna. So it's something that we just need to be um, aware of. And, but the thing is, at the end of the day, our cats do have that hunting instinct. So we, tr like, personally, we try and fulfill that hunting instinct at home. So we use, like, like you do, the wand toys, yeah. the ribbons and things like that. Um, Lumos is obsessed with lizards. He won't see birds when he sees a lizard, the little lizards that we have in Australia. So sometimes we'll let him chase after the lizard and then we'll pull him away so that he normally doesn't even notice them slither away. It's just seeing them initially and he goes chasing after them. He's not very good at hunting, I think. Um, but then at home we make sure that we fulfill that hunting instinct. So Noxie's quite good at playing um, with freestanding toys, the so little mice and things like that. She's it's, she's quite easy to entertain. But with Lumos, we've actually tied ribbons to certain areas of our house. So, for example, our um, staircase, we've actually put <laughs> ribbons on it so that, like, if – we're walking past. I'll just play with the ribbon. We've got a routine now that when I'm brushing my teeth, I'll be playing with a ribbon with him. Yeah. Um, even in our door frames, we sometimes like stuff a toy in there for him to jump and climb and catch things. It's just to like fulfill that hunting 
instinct that they've got. Yeah. In different but then, spots. Yeah, exactly. But one thing I did realise is with the Rubens particularly is just making sure they're not a choking hazard because one of the Rubens they actually managed to chew through and break it apart. And I was like, okay, so we just need to be a bit careful about that. But I think it's really important to remember that our cats do have that hunt, hunting instinct and we need to try and stop them from attacking the fauna while we're out and about, which is yeah. um, which can be a bit tough. Yeah. Yeah, so especially with the lizard story with Lumos, like, we let him play, but he won't actually get the lizard, to be clear. And um, we make sure that the lizard's safe. He's just curious, like he wants to give it a little push, a boost. Like, go on Yeah, now. that's right. And he's so <laughs> cute when he goes and p- tries to catch the lizard. Like, but he misses every he, time. He misses every time. Like, he puts his paw down and goes like, oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. No, I don't, no, I don't. And he just keeps chasing it. And his tail goes swish, swish up high in the air. And it's the cutest thing. That's actually like meat with um flies. She actually really likes the flies. She swishes them and paws at them. And sometimes like the flies get out of her paws, like in between her paws. And she's like, oh, wait, what? And she goes all over again. Yeah, that's right. Same thing with Lumos. He'll get the, he'll, he'll think he gets, he got the fly. Then he opens his paw to look at it and then the fly's gone. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> Eunice, we're coming up towards the end of our podcast, but before we let you go, we want to jump into our final four questions that we ask all our guests. So the first one is, what is one piece of advice you would give to new cat explorers? Um, I think what I can say is, coming from my experience with Meep and my other cats, um, where I have brought them cat exploring as well, I think it's to just give them time. Um, just make sure that they're really comfortable Um and they know where they are. Um, so as long as they have their smell or their sense on them, uh, they, they usually feel much more comfortable. So, yeah, just like what Daniel has said as well, um, just give them their time and they will flourish. So what's been the most entertaining comment someone has said to you while you've been out and about with Mape? Is that a cheetah? And I'm like, oh, wait, what? How can a cheetah? Well, I, I usually just say, uh, well, no, it's not a cheetah or a leopard. It's a, it's a cheeto cat, actually. Uh, and she is not wild at all. Because um, then the following question will be, is she wild? And I'm like, no, it's not. I don't think it's legal here in Australia. All right. She's not that big either. <laughs> no, she's not. She's only four kilos um she's quite slender um but i don't know why some people would say that but you know it's maybe that's the not sooner it's probably the best thing that comes to their mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> which cat explorers inspire you um i think cat school so cat school was the first um sort of like not really cat exploring but um cat behavior and and training and so that's where i started looking and seeing cats that were on harness and leashes so I thought that was really good and then I um, looked at Cat Explorer obviously community and I came to know that um, you both were also in Australia so I thought that's really good because um, I've been looking for a local community for a long time and now that I've connected with Cat Explorer community I get to know um, you know like um, Tales of Python and also um, Max Adventure Cat. Um, I got to know them as well. So I'm, yeah, like coming from that, I got to know tips and advices, which I also took on and helped, you know, with Meep's um, training as well, which I think was a really good step for me 
especially being in Australia and the sun's when the sun's out, it's good. Uh, even when it's winter time, like, you know, you still have a few hours of sunshine. So I think it's, it's just good to have the cat out and about having some fresh air, like I said before as well. What product, service or program has been a game changer for Meep? Product wise, I'm not sure. Oh, actually, I have a product. Um, it's a pet bed. She doesn't really use it that much. Um, only in winter she does use it a lot. Uh, it's called Pet Kit, and it's got like this microfiber uh, sort of like pillow, which is really good for her. She she likes to knead on it sometimes. So I think that that was quite a good investment. But um, and also a cat tree, I think. Definitely. So Eunice, thank you so much for sharing your cat exploring experiences with us today. Where can we find you and Meep online? Uh, so Meep has her Instagram account. It's Inspector Meep, um, inspector.meep. Um, and yes, she's currently on Instagram and uh, you'll be able to find out what she's up and about. Usually on a daily basis, uh, we try to connect with the community as much as possible but obviously um, sometimes you know we get busy and meet is sometimes not up for it and sometimes we just want to spend time with her and not you know being on our phones so yeah we try to update us as much as possible so that everyone can find those links and all of meep's adventures we'll put all those details and a summary of today's conversation in the show notes just go to the episode description on your podcast app and the link will be there we would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode did you agree with what we said or do you have more that you would like to add or ask? Do you like this type of Cat Explorer podcast episode? Take a screenshot of your phone, post it to your social media, tag us at catexplorer.community and Eunice and Meep at inspector.meep and let us know your thoughts and questions. If you loved this episode, we think you'd love our episodes with cat behaviorists like Dr. Michael Delgado's episode where we talked all about trigger stacking. Her episode is episode 44. Or perhaps you'd like to hear Jackson Galaxy's take on cat exploring, which was episode 37. Or if you're looking to be inspired, Leon the Adventure Cats episode may be up your alley, which was episode 20. To find all these episodes and the rest of the Cat Explorer podcast episodes, scroll down on your podcasting app or see your episode description. The Cat Explorer podcast is a small niche podcast, and if you love what we do, we would love it if you could tell a friend about us or share it with your friends on social media. Every little bit helps us spread the word about cat exploring. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. That's it for today. Until next time, enjoy giving your kitty the world. <laughs>